0: Hi, and welcome to the CORE Church Podcast. Our vision is to experience Christ's heart and to share His heart with others. Are you ready to learn more about Him? Let's dive into this week's message. Let's do it. We're in a series called Risk, week number two. And uh, I'm really excited. Um, this week was, was really complicated. I, I had a hard time uh, studying and figuring things out. And uh, as, as Drake says, piece letters together. I had a hard time piecing letters together to figure this out. And uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I can't help it. And so we're in week two, and today we're talking about stepping out. Look to someone next to you and say, you got to step out, you got to step out. Oh, no. <laughs> good luck to you, stepping out, good luck, good luck. Risk, risk. Is the journey for you designed to be easy or difficult? Oh, well, I think that there's peace to be found and joy to be had. Ah, oh, there's great victory. But I think it is going to be difficult. And I want to show you that the path is not necessarily intended to be perfect, and in fact, God is going to lead you through some pretty crazy places. Isaiah 42 says it like this: "I will lead those who are blind by a way they have not known." Yay. By a way they have not known, in paths they have not known, I will guide them. I will turn darkness into light before them and uneven land into plains. These are the things that I will do. So no, it's not just one flat, straight road. There's bends, there's turns, there's uneven land, there's seasons where it might be dark and confusing. There might be places that are unknown to you, but he will, someone say he will, he will do it and he'll lead you through it. So no, this isn't gonna be easy. I wish I could tell you it was just flat, nice, straight ride. Turn left in 400 miles. It's not that way though. It's not that way. Look at what we go through. With Him. This is what we go through with Him. Uneven lands, dark places, and paths unknown. That's where He leads us. And so if you've signed up for this journey, you're like, I'm a believer in the way, the truth, and the life. When's it going to be easy? I wish I could tell you when, but what I can tell you is that God will be with you. I can tell you He will be with you. I cannot tell you when it will be easy. And uh, the things that are worth it are hard, aren't they? The things that are worth it are hard. That's why I love the hard seasons. That's why I love that we actually are called to go through some uneven land. Yeah, it's supposed to be difficult. It's supposed to be difficult. And so, what should we do? There's this promise. I will lead you through it. I'll take you there. I'll be there with you. Deuteronomy 13 gives us clarity as to what you and I should do in the midst of these uneven seasons, these dark places. What should we do? You shall love the Lord your God and fear him. Yes, that's what you are being commanded to do. You shall keep his commandments. Even when the going is tough, you shall keep his commandments. You should listen to his voice. Some of us have heard it, but have not listened to it and followed through. You shall serve him. And I love this one. Cling to him. Hold to him. I, uh, last week I talked about my story with uh, Kennedy, my daughter, who wanted to climb that big mountain. That's what she calls it at the church, the mountain. And uh, I actually want to talk a little bit further about that in a moment. But it's so amazing that in her moment of fear on an uneven land, she grabbed my hand and all was easy. Cling to him. Cling to him. But here's the problem. In the face of risk, instead of clinging to, this is what happens in our life. Instead of clinging to, you know you're being called out. You know that there's an unknown path ahead of you. You know that there might be a little bit of darkness that's not fully lit up yet. You might feel like there's some uneven land ahead of you. When you see this risk, someone say risk. Many believers will run from it in the midst of calculated, that's what risk is, calculated potential danger, problems, or hardships. Unfortunately, Instead of clinging to, serving, listening to, and doing what he tells you to do, we run. Calculated problems, hardships and danger, we book it. Am I the only one? Thank you, all three of you. That's what we do. Let's be honest with ourselves here. That's what we do. We run when we face risk. Not all the time. But we do. And so when we are in the midst of these, he says cling to. I use, I love this word trust. Someone say trust. Trust, trust, trust. In these uneven lands, in these dark places, and in these unknown paths, here's what's put to the test. How much do you trust him or not? Trust in and rely on confidently, assuredly, 100%. I guess in the midst of these uneven lands, the question is, how much do you trust? Rely confidently on the Lord with all of your heart, with everything inside of you. Do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In other words, don't rely on your own calculation of danger. Don't rely on your own feelings of fear. Don't rely on your own insight. Your insight will trick you. Your flesh will take you out of the game. In all of your ways, acknowledge him. Ah, I love this. It's not the paths will be straight and then you trust. It's trust and then it will be made straight. That's a lot of modern believers, Western believers. We want the path straight and then we trust. That's not how this formula works. (laughs) It's always upside down from our flesh. God's going to ask you to trust first and then, look, he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Do we got any believers who want to trust in the house today? Come on now. We want to trust. I want to trust. I want to find greater trust as these seasons approach me. Yes, in the face of great risk, you and I, we need to choose trust. That's what it is. I might not feel it. There's a big wave in front of me. This is really terrifying. But you brought me here and I'm going to trust it. That's a choice. It's also a choice to run away too. Oh, I don't know why that's just hitting me real quick. Did you know that it's also a choice to run away too? You're held accountable for that choice as well. That's where faith is proven. The assurance in the unseen. Can you have that hope in the assurance in the unseen? Can you really trust And so, the whole point of this series is this line right here. Believers, you and I, we are not risk averse. We are not afraid of risk. You and I, we are Christ dependent. Come on, someone say amen in the house. That's it, that's what you are. We're not risk averse, we're Christ dependent. Now, does that mean that we just go crazy and operate without wisdom? No. You go where he tells you to go, you follow him into those places, he will lead you there. You don't be crazy walk with wisdom. You walk with wisdom. You're not risk-averse. You're Christ-dependent. That's what I pray that you get from from this series. Again, today we're talking about stepping out. Unfortunately, this topic is one of the, uh, the scariest things that we will do. For many of us, it's one of the riskiest things that comes before us. It's that feeling in your stomach that you know you should do something. And it makes you sick. It's kind of like a butterfly's a nausea all at once. You're like, Bleh. You know you should step out. You know you should do something. And it, what's crazy is it's over the little things and the big things. Should I pray for this person? I've never really prayed out loud. Should I do it? it Who's that always? Always? You might be like, should I ask this lady out? It's risk. But there's a draw there. You got your worship eyes on, hey. You know, hey, listen, I know you're looking for that hand up in the air. Hey. It's a real thing. That's how I found my wife. There she was. Should I step down from this position and into something new that I haven't done before? That scares the life out of all of us. Judd, you're asking me to speak for a morning meeting? No. Mm -mm. That's for you, dude. I think that we have many, many opportunities to step out, and if we're being honest with ourselves, due to risk aversion, we don't step out. But here's the problem with this uh, this scenario: is that if you call yourself a believer in the way, the truth, and the life, it is a guarantee. It's a guarantee that God is going to request you to step out. So this is the hard part is that you will get these step-out moments. You will have these moments where God is calling you to more into unknown places, to do something you've never done before, to do something completely out of your comfort zone. You're gonna experience these step-out moments, and do you know what it does to your heart when you say no? I have seen many believers, can I I be honest with you, church? I have seen many believers fall away out of the discouragement of saying no to God. The burden that we put on ourselves when the step out is called and commanded, and we say no, I've seen believers fall away disappointed with themselves. How could God ever utilize me and use me ever again? How could I do this ever again? Are the plans of God over my life completely compromised and gone? And then you get in this mental place and fall away. So before you even do something, when you say no, it kills what's going on inside. So this is a really hard conversation because when you're being called by God to genuinely step out, you got to say yes. If it's genuinely being called by God to step out, you have to do it. And it's a request that's going to come. So church, today I want to prepare you to do the uncomfortable thing, and that is to step out. Someone say step out. We're going to do it today. Hey, listen, it says this in uh, Hebrews chapter 11. uh, The author was talking and recalling all of the people who had great faith and what they did. And if you know anything about the story of the Israelites, the account of the Israelites, they stepped out. Someone say step out. They stepped out. They stepped out of slavery and came up to the edge of a water and thought that they were going to be killed. And it says that by faith they passed through the Red Sea as through dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, were drowned. They stepped out and they found their freedom. But I, I want to ask you how scary it was to step out. How much risk was there in stepping out? How terrifying would that have been to step out? I know that there's a lot of risk involved. But what freedom lies on the other side of you stepping out? No, that's my question for you to seriously consider today. I know there's a lot of risk involved, but what freedom is on the other side? So when we talk about risk, I'll say it like this. Discomfort is one of the greatest factors of our risk equation. When we consider saying yes or no to something, when we consider following God through these uneven lands, these dark places and paths unknown, discomfort is one of the greatest factors of your equation. Am I speaking the truth today? Come on now. Discomfort. Discomfort is one of the greatest factors of that equation. In fact, the Israelites, they found freedom... And they were being called to step into the promised land. They were grumbling. Life got a little hard. Although they they were hungry for three days. And I'll tell you, I'm a whole new person. (laughs) It's like, I kind of get it, but kind of don't, but do. Exodus 16 says this. And uh, you can point and say, wow, Israelites, you messed up. Or your heart's in the wrong place. But I can point at every one of us and say, you do this too. I do this too. This is why that rid me of myself thing was striking me this week. So they were free. And the Israelites said to Aaron and Moses, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt, where we sat by pots of meat, comfort food, some nice General So's chicken. That's my comfort food. (laughs) Sat by pots of meat, we ate bread until we were full. Do you see this, church? Truth is, in the midst of trial and hardship, When life gets a little tough, when we're going through some of that uneven land in those dark places, the truth is, is our flesh defaults to comfort. Please put this up there. Our flesh defaults to comfort. We want those old pots of food and that little bit of bread. We default to comfort prior to or in the midst of taking a great step. This is why you'll see mighty men of God, mighty women of God, trip up over little things and go back to the way that things were as they step out. Oh, how many mighty men have conquered that addiction to the screen, then life gets a little hard and they take a little peek back again. It's the place of comfort that you can click love and feel something. it's just a sip just a sip i'll be all right just something to ease things a little bit i just need some comfort here the world's pressure it's way too way too big right now way too big so our flesh it defaults to comfort don't judge these israelites we want the pot of food as well And so Paul knows this and he gives us encouragement. We're not perfect. We're not there yet. We aren't in heaven yet. But here's what happens on this faith journey. You and I are going to want to go back to comfortable places. Some will say comfort. We're going to want to go back to the place of comfort. We're going to go, we're going to want to go back to the pot of food and to the little bits of bread, all the while embracing chains of slavery for that bread. We want to go back to that. But Paul says, brothers and sisters, I don't regard myself as having taken hold of perfection yet. I'm not there yet. I'm not in heaven yet. But one thing I do, I forget that comfortable place behind me. I forget what lies behind. And I press forward. I step out every day into uncomfortable places we talked about Paul last week how he faced persecution and harm from people he stepped out every day I don't know what lies ahead of me but one thing I do know is that the Holy Spirit tells me that every city I go into I will face harm and persecution that's what he said and yet he still stepped out Believers, what are we doing? Why are we not stepping out? Are you too comfortable? Is that all you want in life? To be honest, I actually think our society is a little bit of a trap. It's way too easy for us. You can click a button and you can have everything at your door in like 12 hours. Everything is oriented towards comfort. Man, we even gave you nice chairs, not hard pews. I kind of wanted pews. M said no, and when M speaks, it's a no. <laughs> Thanks, M. <Em. laughs> I press on. I keep stepping. I keep stepping. I think everything that we do in some way, shape, or form is geared towards comfort. We are discomfort averse. How many hard conversations have you completely avoided? How much forgiveness have you held on to believing that time will heal all things? And you know the conversation needs to come up every Thanksgiving, every Christmas, every Easter. You gotta, you gotta do it. And you don't do it because it's uncomfortable. We hate discomfort resisted at all cost. So then this is the hard part. If led by comfort, the believer will refuse to step out at his command. If your entire orientation and your decision making is how can I preserve who I am in this nice little box and make sure that everything is as I design it to be, you will never step out. And if that's the case, over and over again, you're going to find yourself talking with God, growing with Him, reaching a wall where you have to look at the Savior in the face and say, I'm not going there. That, that kills your heart. That kills your heart. So... I, I, uh, I did a word study this week on the word comfort because it's all throughout the Bible. And I, I, I want to get a better understanding. Go ahead, you can put this up here. Perhaps we can get a better understanding of discomfort by defining comfort. Perhaps you and I can understand what we're going through a little bit more and more on the daily if we understand what the word means. Oh, because I'll tell you what, the devil has changed the definition. Are y'all ready for this church? Oh, I'm about to take you to school, teach you some linguistics, some vernacular. Here we go. Second Corinthians 1 says it like this. Uh, and we'll, we'll get there. Don't you worry. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. You'll see the dot, 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 right? So there's something before this. We will share it. But God who comforts. Someone say comforts. This is the verb tense. There's two tenses of comfort. There's a verb, that means an action, and then there's a noun, a person, place, or thing. Wow, there's a noun called comfort. Yes, there is. Who comforts us, verb, in all of our afflictions so that we will be able to comfort, verb, those who are in any affliction with the, ah, the noun comes in with the comfort that we, with which we ourselves are comforted, verb, by God. There's a noun, Someone say, there's a noun. There's a noun. noun. Person, place, or a thing. Now, in our terms today, we also have a verb tense and a noun tense of comfort. The verb tense is to go help somebody or console them, right? The noun tense, and this is vocabulary.com, thank you. Uh, Vocabulary.com defines it as this. A state of being relaxed and feeling no pain. That's the definition of comfort according to modern English that you and I hold to. Again, when has the devil changed this definition? He's trying to deceive believers and people all over the place to misunderstand comfort. Because if you understand comfort, it will change the way you step out. So, comfort today, a place uh, of being relaxed, feeling no pain, a feeling of freedom from worry or disappointment. That's what you like to live in, huh? Your nice little box that has no worry, no pain, being relaxed. Go ahead, you can put the noun for noun tense for comfort in the word of God. Paracclesis, everyone say paracclesis. Oh, you bilingual, I love it. Paracclesis. Paracclesis. It means to draw you in. Comfort. A calling near a summoning. So Kiki was afraid to go up the hill. I didn't take the hill away. The pain wasn't removed. The worry or possible disappointment didn't go anywhere. What happened? Her father Someone say called her, Call her in. And she felt comfortable with me going up that hill. Amen. Amen. Do you see how different the term of comfort is? Oh, I hope that you are uh, connecting the dots together a little bit, church. The world says that comfort is freedom from pain or hardship, a feeling of ease and being relaxed. When God says, comfort is me calling you in. Comfort is not about physical and emotional ease. It's about proximity. So I want to take that definition back from the devil. So that you can actually understand what comfort truly is. Because if you're called in, there actually isn't discomfort. If you're called in, there's only comfort to be found. Do you know what God's title is? Second Corinthians 1. Blessed be the God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God, not verb, Now. God, who calls you in for the purpose of solace and peace. Is that a little bit different? Yeah. Comfort is not just his action, comfort is his title. <laughs> Jesus, the one who calls us close and consoles. So I can look at that uneven land and feel great comfort as I'm drawn in and close. For those of us who are waning in faith, for those of us who are hurting, perhaps disappointed, uh, afraid to step out, plagued by the discomfort, What's crazy is the enemy wants to convince you that your couch where you do nothing is your place of comfort. If you were honest with yourself, your place of comfort is severely unsatisfying. Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm being serious. The place where you find comfort, if you're honest, is severely unsatisfying. But I'm here to tell you today that your place of comfort is found in nowhere else or no other place other than in God's arms. Amen, church? So my question for you to consider is your understanding of comfort, is that what's withholding you and I from walking through the risk? If comfort to you is your couch where everything is nice and easy, then you're going to miss stepping out. But if comfort to you is proximity to Christ, you will walk through any risk. And you will step out. Someone say, "Step out." Yes, you will. Church, am I preaching? I know I'm preaching today. Come on now. Okay, okay. So now you can go ahead get your books out. We're gonna go to Exodus chapter three. Go ahead, Exodus chapter three. I'm gonna show you. i want to show you one of the greatest stepping out moments. But before I do, there was a study conducted in 1973, I believe, 73 ish, uh, and it was a study on the greatest fears that man walks with. Now. Uh, you guys know this, and I'm sure you've heard this before, uh, that public speaking is the greatest fear, not death itself. So I did some in-depth study on the, the study itself. I read a bunch of like dissertations on, like, okay, what actually happened in the study. A bunch of people filled out a questionnaire. They mentioned their top five fears. And so the interesting thing is, is that death was either number one on people's lists or completely off of it. But but public speaking was number two pretty much the entire time. So on average, the greater fear is public speaking. Why? It's the risk. It's the discomfort. Some people are afraid of death and have... Maybe uh, a shakiness about what's yet to come, and oh my gosh, it's scary, and other people might have a firmness. Paul literally says, uh, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. He had quite an interesting perspective towards that, but what I'm getting at today is what you're going to witness on these pages. is a man is called to step out. The greatest fear, according to mankind, a man is called to step out on behalf of an entire nation. So he's going to have a choice. Are you going to go and do something that's severely uncomfortable for the sake of God's people? That's the other thing about your step. Just so you know, when you're stepping out, it's not only for your edification and benefit. It actually changes everyone around you. Your stepping out impacts me, just so you know, church. So he's going to do, or being asked to do, what we would all regard as the greatest risk Exodus chapter 3 puts it this way, go ahead this is in uh, verse 10 and now come this is God speaking to Moses now come, I will send you to Pharaoh at this time uh, Pharaoh is pretty much the strongest king in the world and the Israelites are held in captivity slaves, they are his free workforce building his empire so now come Moses, I will send you to the biggest, baddest dude of the land so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses, but Moses said to God, "Oh, do you know how many times it's been, but Nick said to God, but Judd said to God, but Emily said to God? Who am I? am I that I should go to Pharaoh? That I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt. Has anyone ever asked, are you sure you want me to do that? you sure? Are you sure? Go ahead, put this out there. Are you sure you want me to do this? So, uh, you're going to have me go. Speak in front of his council and all of his soldiers that are guarding him. The biggest, baddest dude in the world, the Pharaoh on his throne. You're going to have me Go talk to the baddest dude of the land, and request that he gives his entire labor force away. I'm just going to waltz in there, and everyone's going to be set free. You're going to have me do that, and we even have—we even have a hard time talking to our boss sometimes. This was a great risk, was it not? Here's what I'm going to tell you about stepping out is that God is going to place you in situations that are bigger than yourself. Why does he do that? So that you can trust. Oh, if it was easy and if it was within what you can handle and what you're capable of, you won't trust, so he's going to pull you out into places that are beyond yourself. Think about Peter, who's going to walk on water. Could this possibly happen? No, but with God, all things are possible. So he's going to call you out beyond yourself. When's the last time you took a step that was beyond your capability? That was beyond your skill set? That was uncomfortable for you to do? That's where I want to live. And that's where I want all of us to live. So God said, assuredly, this is the big part. What's comfort? To call you in. Comfort is proximity to God. Look at what he's doing right here. God said, you will find comfort. I know you're uncomfortable. I know it's really risky. I know you're scared for your life. I know all of the ramifications of this question, all of the ramifications of this command. But I will be with you. you're going to take a step to start a business I'll be with you you're going to take a step to bring restoration to your family I'll I'll be with you you're going to take a step in ministry and do something that's out of your comfort zone I'll I'll be with you comfort is found not in the ease of life but in proximity church are y'all catching this So he's asking him to do something completely uncomfortable. He is completely outside of his comfort zone. But God offers comfort. I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you. That is, I who have sent you. When you've brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. God understood. God understands this. Go ahead. He understands that the command was risky. God knew it. God knew what he was asking. He knew that this was going to have potential consequence. He knew that this was going to have potential problems. He knew that asking him to step out was going to be full of great risk. And in response to this command, and I would say the same thing to each and every person in this room, if God is commanding you to step out, I will guarantee you this promise that he is with you. Someone say, he's with me. He's with you. Yes, he is. If he's calling you to step out, He is with you. He assured Moses with comfort of his presence. I'm with you. And Moses couldn't get it. Couldn't wrap his mind around it. That I was going to be comforted. I was going to be okay because God was with me. Moses said to God, the account continues, behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel. So first he's going to go talk to the Israelites and say, hey, God sent me to release you and set you free. Y'all you ready to do it? And he has some reservations. He has some questions. Behold, I'm going to the sons of Israel. I will say to them, the God of your fathers has sent me to you. And he starts asking, but what if, but what if? Has anyone asked, but what if? What if? Anyone considering all of the possible outcomes? What if they don't listen to me? What if they don't like what I have to say? What if I say it wrong? I think we spend way too much time on that what if scenario. Because here's the problem with it the what if lacks all hope. The what if has only to do with consequence and punishment. And perfect love casts that out, for it has nothing to do with punishment. Are y'all catching that? Perfect love has nothing to do with punishment. So when you go to the what-if place, you are thinking about the punishment or the consequence. has nothing to do with that. You should be walking with hope, faith, and assurance that he's with you. I struggle with this too. I'm not pointing at you. I'm saying we all do this. So what shall I say to them then if they don't believe me? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. I love that. He said, this is who you, what you shall say to them. I am has sent me to him. He gives his name. I guess what I want to point out here is this, though. When Moses brings up a concern, what am I to say? What am I to do? We think these two. What am I to say? What am I to do? How do I do this? You're calling me out. Are you sure? What happens? How should I say X, Y, and Z? In God's presence, Moses will receive guidance. In God's presence, Moses will receive guidance. In God's presence, church, you will receive guidance too. Can I share from my own testimony? When I felt lost and I feel no guidance is when I'm far away. It's when I've wandered off. It's when I've veered off of what I know I ought to do. But in his presence, we will receive guidance. Amen, church? Good. So you'll receive guidance. I'll tell you what to do. Moses goes on, and they keep talking, and God says, hey, uh, I know that Pharaoh's not going to give him up. So I'm going to start doing some crazy things. Look, but I know, but I know, this is God talking, that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go except under compulsion. So God knows what he's doing. So I will reach out my hand and strike Egypt with all of my miracles. Whoa, that's a weird word, isn't it? We've looked at them as plagues, right? If you're highlighting your Bible in the core code, it's actually pink. It's a miracle. Think about it. I will strike, strike Egypt with all of my miracles, which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. He will let you go. I'll handle it. He will let you go. I'll handle it. He will let you go. I will grant this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty-handled it. S- empty-handed. Someone say, he'll handle it. He'll handle it. I'll handle it. I'll handle it. One of the greatest parts of discomfort is security. It brings into question, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Is this step, am I going to be okay? I guess what I would say in, in God's presence, Moses will receive security. He'll handle everything. I'll handle it. And I would say the same thing to you, my friend. In God's presence, you will receive security. It's outside of his presence, outside of the stronghold, that I find my foundation very shaky. That's why I love the Psalms talks about underneath my wings, I will keep you safe. In his presence, we will receive security. You won't be shaken. You won't fail. My hand will do it. I'll handle it. In his presence, Moses receives an assurance of security. Doesn't anyone else want that security? I do. I want to know that it'll be all right. He'll handle it. He always does. Then Exodus chapter 4 starts off with this. Then Moses says, what if they, Pharaoh and his court, now he's talking about the big guy. What if they won't believe me, or listen to what I say? For they may say the Lord has not appeared to you. Then the Lord said to him, "What is in your hand?" Everyone look to someone next. to You say, "What's in your hand? What's 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 in your hand?" He said, "A staff, a staff, a stick." then he said throw it on the ground and so Moses threw it on the ground and it turned into a serpent and Moses fled from it but the Lord said to Moses go ahead he said reach out with your hand grasp it by its tail so he reached out I ain't doing this bro I'll tell you this man no no I ain't messing with snakes yeah thank you not the only wimp here anyways so he reached out with his hand caught it and it turned into a staff in his hand You will have everything that you need in your stepping out moment. Moses is gonna prove that God is with him by a stick in his hand. I might not have much, but if God's in it and if he's guiding me and if he's making me secure, he will give me everything I need to go and take this step. And if it's a staff, so be it. It was a stick. So he reached his hand, caught it. They may believe the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob has appeared to you. I guess Moses realized in his presence, he will have everything he needs. In his presence, you will have everything you need. Always. And it might not look like much. I might not have all the talent in the world I might not have all the time I might not have all of the resource but what I do have God has given me for this step right now you'll be fully resourced are y'all catching this church he didn't need much to stand before Pharaoh just a staff He didn't need an army. He didn't need great wealth. He didn't need all of the accolades. No, he had everything that he needed. Then Moses said to the Lord, this is the bummer part. Y'all ready? Discomfort in his face. Risk straight ahead of him. Unknown paths and dark places, uneven land. Please, Lord, I've never been eloquent. He starts coming up with excuses, skill sets, and problems. I've never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you've spoken to your servant, for I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. It's so interesting. God loves to use ordinary people to do extraordinary things. Please get that through our head. I'm just a normal person from Monroeville, Pennsylvania. Nothing has been too great and significant about my life, but I will follow him and I will step out where I need to step out. I'm not that special. I'm not that magnificent. But if he calls me to step, I will trust it. But the Lord said to him, who has made the human mouth? You think he doesn't know that he's sending you? This is the funny part is you look at discomfort and you say, God, you don't know what you're doing. God, the God of comfort says, I know exactly what I've created. I know the whole plan." or makes, uh, makes anyone unable to speak deaf or able to see or blind. Is it not I, the Lord? Now then, go. I myself will be with your mouth. There's more comfort. I will be with you and instruct you in what you are to say. Discomfort kicks in. Risk kicks in. And Moses says, please send the message by whomever you will. The thing that's crazy, <laughs> he had the guidance, the security, and the resource. And even with these guarantees, someone say guarantee. guarantee. Even with these guarantees, the risk was too great to move. Too great for Moses to do it. I'll be with you. I'll guide you. I'll do it. I'll handle it. And I've given you everything you needed. Too great. Too great for Moses to take a step. Here's what the risk looked like. We'll be doing this every week. Go ahead. You can put this up here. I want to talk about this. Stepping out from Moses could possibly lead to failure. What if he fails? I think that's one of the greatest fears that we have is failure. I don't know why. Failure is okay. It's okay to fall down every once in a while. Success is when people stand on a mound of failures. I'd rather be the guy that steps out of the boat and falls in the water, and everyone goes, Ha ha ha, look at him, he fell in the water. I'm gonna look back at everyone and say, Look at you, y'all you are dry, you didn't try. You didn't even try. I'm cool with failure all day. But what happens? Oh my gosh, I could fail. I could fail. What if they don't believe me? What if they don't trust me? What if they don't think that I'm sent by God? What if I fail? And my people are held in captivity, disappointing his people. You mean I have to go in front of all of my kin, all of my people, and say, God's going to let you go. Then I fail, and I disappoint you because you're still in captivity. Isn't that a risk? I could disappoint everyone around me. Oh, what about this? Imperfect results. There's a lot of people plagued by perfection. Oh, then it has to be the exact words to say. These are the people who write an email 17 times, delete it because it's not precise. These are the people who are afraid to have that conversation because I need it to be the exact words to my mom or to my dad. And if it's not the perfect words, it's not going to be the perfect result. He might mess up, even just a little bit. It's not perfect. Oh, what about this? Consequence beyond self. What if he goes up? What if he steps out and it ends up hurting his people? What if Pharaoh says, you know what? Because of your request, I'm going to make their work even harder. I'm going to hurt them even more. And then time and effort wasted. We took a shot. We stepped out, and uh, it's all for naught. Nothing panned out. What a waste. That's the risk here it's a great risk is it not church bonus this list applies to all of us as I said last week this is your risk too when you step out just so you know this list applies to you I don't know what your stepping out thing is I don't know what the Holy Spirit's calling you to but this is your risk too number one you could fail yeah you could fail It's really scary, isn't it? Again, I think we're failure averse. That's probably like the greatest point of discomfort. Could I fail? Yeah, you could. What uh, what if you disappoint your people? You step out, you try starting something, and it falls flat, and there's shame brought on you because you failed, and you disappointed those around you. I know this all too well. Four years ago, we were in a living room. We looked at each other and said, Are We ready to start a church? It's terrifying. What if I fail? Just a young punk kid who doesn't know what he's doing with his ripped jeans. <laughs> I could disappoint everybody in that room. All of my closest friends, my family. I could disappoint everybody in that room. By leading us to a wrong place. Imperfect results. What if we make the wrong move, the wrong step? We went from community center and we went and looked at so many possibilities. We ended up at 4041 right on 2022. 20, uh, and then what if, like, we're looking for a building? What if this is the wrong result? Imperfect place. Consequence beyond self, all everyone's been giving and so faithful and generous, and everyone's been so kind and serving week in and week out and doing everything. And what if it falls and it, it fails? And what if this step out just hurts everyone involved? And all those years wasted. Are y'all catching this? This stepping out is terrifying. It's terrifying. You know how many people have found freedom? That. It's for the sake of freedom that we're stepping out. And it's for the sake of freedom, when we go back to Moses' account, it's for the sake of freedom that God found the man to stand before Pharaoh. I'm going to wrap it up like this. Go ahead. The anger of the Lord burned against Moses. Yeah, he was upset. How dare you say no? I'm calling you out to do this. Go. Is there not? Uh, your brother Aaron the Levite I know he speaks fluently so he addresses it And moreover behold he's coming out to meet with you when he sees you he will be overjoyed so you are to speak with him put the words in his mouth and I myself will be with your mouth as in his mouth and I will instruct you in what you are to do So the person is brought to step out. After several, God, you can put this up here, after several uncomfortable conversations, after frightening steps and many works of God, guess what happens? Israel was on the other side of the sea. Church, I'm here to tell you today, I don't care if it's big or small. If God is stepping or calling you to step out, there will be freedom on the other side of the sea. You gotta say yes you got to say yes. Israel was on the other side. Hebrews chapter 11, going way back to it. By faith, trusting God's word. What is faith? God's word believed. By faith, Israel, Moses, and Aaron, they passed through the Red Sea as though on dry land. And the Egyptians, when they attempted it, they were drowned. I'll wrap it up like this. What, what, what reward is waiting for you on the other side of stepping out? What what reward is waiting for you? I know it's fearful. I know it's scary. I want to give you the last three guarantees. Um, and we're going to wrap up here. You guys can go ahead and skip some of the, the notes here. Uh, God, if you're in his presence, he's going to give you direction, right? He is going to give you direction. Uh, he is going to give you security. He will handle it. And lastly, he will fully resource you with everything that you need. Direction, security, and resource. Everyone say direction, security, and resource. Say it again. Direction, security, Resource. Now, if God gives you those three things, are you going to take the step? Amen. Amen. Direction, security, resource. Would you take the step? I pray today that you would realize that comfort is found in proximity, not in ease of life. And that even in the stepping out, you would find that comfort because you're close. Amen, church? I love you all so much. I want our church to be known as a church that's not risk-averse, but Christ-dependent, that's willing to look at the uneven land, the big hill over there, and say, I'm going to draw near to God, and I'm going to take this step and trust Him. Church, y'all with me? Let's step out. Love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We hope you were able to draw closer to Him today and can walk away with a deeper knowledge of His Word. At CORE, we believe you aren't meant to do life alone. Visit us at corechurch.com to learn more about how to get involved with our community through serving opportunities and our weekly events.